This morning's scripture comes to us uh, from Genesis chapter 1. Uh, we're going to read just the first uh, few verses, and then we're going to turn uh, further in chapter 1 to verse, uh, verse 27, and then uh, continue on from there. If you have your Bibles, I invite you to turn with me there as we together find ourselves in, in uh, Genesis, uh, focusing in on who God is and in this series entitled The Gardener. Again, uh, Genesis 1.1, uh, hear the word of the Lord. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And then skipping over to verse uh, 26. 27, excuse me. Then God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it, rule over the fish of the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Then God said, I give you every seed bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has uh, fruit with seed in it. They will be yours for food. And to all the beasts of the earth and all the birds in the sky and all the creatures that move along the ground, everything that has breath, the breath of life in it, I give every green plant for food. And it was so. And God saw that all that he had made, uh, and it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning the sixth day. Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in their vast array. This is God's word offered to us in its reading and in its hearing, so we give thanks to the Lord God Almighty. Would you bow with me for a word of prayer? Gracious God, we do come before you with praise and with thanksgiving for your holy word and for the wisdom that's contained therein. Lord, we thank you for the time that we have to share uh, together this morning uh, to hear from you and to receive what you have for us. Lord, I ask that you would uh, be present here in this space in this time, that you would open our eyes, that we would see open our ears that we would hear. I ask, O oh God, that you would open our minds, that we would come to know and understand your word and indeed your ultimate will. Open our hearts that we would feel its power. Then by your grace, I ask, O oh God, that you would open our hands that we might offer grace to the world. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, brothers and sisters, uh, last week we began this new series, The Gardener, as we were uh, focusing our attention on who is God and what does that mean for me uh, and, and wanting to be sure that, that we have this foundational introduction uh, to who God is uh, for us in our lives uh, as we join in this journey of faith together. Last week we began uh, with, uh, with God as triune, God as Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, God as both singular and plural, uh, God as one and God as three, and being sure that we could wrap our mind around how that was uh, monotheism, but, but yet uh, a revelation of God for all of us in these three persons. And so now when we get to God as creator, this week God as creator, and we turn to Genesis chapter 1, I want to be sure that we understand that we didn't just uh, leave behind this Trinity notion or concept, that we didn't just say, okay, well, Trinity was for last week, and now we're at God creator, good, now I can like, like understand something. No, 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 we have to like, like pull back and be sure that we're grounded and rooted and understand that even in creation, 
God is three in one. What's the alert? Anyone? Amber. Okay. All right. All right. Amber, if when you're leaving, you hear uh, or you see that vehicle, then you're good to go. Um, wow. Some of you have that alert really loud. Uh, is there a way to like turn that down in your phones? Oh, you could turn it off completely? No, no, no. If you see that car, you need to know. Uh, but anyway, so back to triune God, right? Uh, Trinity, Father, Son, Spirit, Creator. Okay, here we are. So uh, Trinity in the midst of creation. And, and we can begin by just looking at the first three words of the Bible, the first three words of the Bible. In Hebrew, in Hebrew, these three words are uh, uh, Bereshith, Barah, Elohim. Bereshith, Barah, Elohim. Bereshith means uh, beginning, so that's where that connection is. Uh, Barah means created. And then Elohim. Elohim, the, the third word in Scripture in Hebrew, Elohim, is the very first name we have for God. And that very first name we have for God is, is, uh, is the one who is creating. Uh, but, but more importantly for us to understand uh, this kind of triune nature of God from the very origins of of, of creation from the very beginning of all things is that Elohim is actually a plural noun in Hebrew. It's a plural noun in Hebrew. It's not a singular noun in Hebrew. So, uh, so I might say Flint, and all of you remember Flint, the parking lot guy, because you're all like, yeah, I'm going to go help on the parking lot team. I remember Flint's name. Uh, and, and, and Flint is a singular noun. The name Flint, singular noun, but the name Elohim, plural noun. Opening up for us this, this possibility of what could be that, that even at the very beginning, God, Father, Son, and Spirit, triune God, was there active and engaged. If you see in, in, uh, uh, in Genesis, we, we read beginning in uh, verse 27 when we flipped over, but if you see in verse 26, uh, there's also some evidence for us in verse 26 uh, that, that this is uh, a part of the activity of the triune God. You see, in verse 26, it's the, the initiated thought of God creating humankind. And it says this, Then God said, Let us make mankind in our image and in our likeness. Let us in our, in our, plural, 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 all echoing the plural noun Elohim. And so for us to come to this creation text, uh, we don't leave behind what we did last week. We don't leave behind this understanding that God is three in one, but we come to it with that understanding that Father, Son, and Spirit were all present, active, engaged in creation. In fact, we even have a more specific uh, understanding of that. The first is that the Spirit of God was identified as active at the very beginning. Uh, y'all saw in Genesis 1, chap, uh, verse 2, we read it, and it said, And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. There is God, creator of heaven and earth, and there's this formless thing, and in this formless thing, there's the Spirit of God, boom, active, engaged, present. Not this this thing that was theologically added uh, at a later time in some you know, 16th century or 20th century framework. No, the Spirit of God present and engaged. In fact, it goes even further than that um, for us when it comes to Jesus and Jesus' presence and engagement in the work of creation. 
You see, in the Gospel of John chapter 1, we have these words. John chapter 1, verses 1 through 3, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning, and through Him all things were made. Without Him, uh, nothing was made that has been made. I love how that uh, echoes or reiterates the point. Nothing has been made that, that has been made. No, nothing was made that had been made. And, and to be sure that we grasp that Jesus, the Word, Logos, Word, there in the Greek, for us, echoes back to this creation story. Nothing was made without Jesus. Out of everything that has been made, nothing without Jesus. How do we connect that to that Genesis story? Do, do, do you know uh, the work of God and, and the way that God created? Over and over again, uh, on each of the first six days, do you, do you remember how God created? God created by speaking. That sounds like a cheat code. Uh, God, 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 all, all God had to do was conceive of it and speak it. And it was right. God's word was what made these things come into existence. And so when we hear that, that nothing took place without the word, the word of God, the logos, Jesus Christ, Jesus was there actively moving the very beginning of creation. So we don't come this morning to, uh, to God as creator, gardener as creator, uh, and ignore Trinity, ignore triune God, but we come to it with that framework informing it and, and enlivening it, making it more deep and rich for us as a body. But whenever we think about God as creator, I feel like oftentimes you and I, we, we, we narrow uh, this creative activity. We, we, we confine it. We, we we don't give it its, its full impact and its full creativity. Uh, let me give you an example. I'm a taco connoisseur. Um, I love tacos. Particularly, I love breakfast tacos. I uh, deeply enjoy breakfast tacos. Monday is my Sabbath, uh, my day of rest, and Monday begins uh, with dropping the kids off everywhere that I have to drop them off. But then... Then rest begins, and it begins with a taco. If you want to know uh, what I think about breakfast tacos in this area, ooh, uh, but, uh, but I have found salvation uh, in the restaurant called uh, Los Tamales Taqueria, okay? It's just down Kirkendall, just across the tracks on the right. If you want, like, a legit breakfast taco, go there, and you will be blessed richly, uh, and you will receive the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ in its abundance, <laughs> Uh, I endorse them highly. Uh, they, they are devout practicing Catholics. I've tried to get them to come and be a part of covenant so that we might receive that blessing uh, as well. Uh, however, I have failed because Catholic uh, runs deep in their family blood. But nonetheless, most of my I got distracted. It's so good. Um, so, so just think about tacos with me for a second. We think about tacos, and maybe, maybe just maybe, uh, if, if, if you are of that praying sort, maybe you gather uh, uh, for a meal, and before you receive said taco, you might say, thank you, Lord, for said taco. Uh, Lord, you are good because you made tacos. And, and so we, we think about that, and, and maybe, maybe we go that far, and we think God made tacos. But do we, like, actually, like, like run that rabbit trail down and down and down, right? Uh, but because all of the components of the taco, especially if you are blessed enough to understand the gift of pico de gallo 
and, and of the, the, uh, the green spicy salsa that gives you one small tear before you uh, wipe it off with a napkin. Uh, if you just take one of the components of the taco, not all of them, just one of them, and you just go through the process, so the egg that, that makes taco that is fresh, that is not out of, a, out, of a, out, of a, out of a container or out of said bag that is squeezed, but is cracked and put in the pan, that egg came from chicken. And, and then we could say, and the chicken uh, was, was cared for by the farmer, but the chicken also ate uh, maybe some grain. And, and, and guess who created the grain? Guess who created the chicken? Uh, but, but the grain didn't come from nowhere. The grain came from somewhere, right? Guess who created uh, the stalk that the grain grew on, or the soil that the, that the grain grew in, or the sun that, that helped the grain to grow, or the rain that helped the, the grain to grow, or the, the exact chemistry of that soil that created the, the, the detailed composition that made that grain possible, that made that chicken possible, that made that egg possible, that made that taco possible, that made grace of God possible in taco form, right? And we could do this for egg, and we could do this for bacon, and we could do this for chorizo, and we could do this for sausage, and we could do this for the cheese, and the pico de gallo, and every component of the pico de gallo, and for that hot green salsa. We could do it for all of it, because all of it, not just a piece of it, but all of it was created by God, and every aspect of that creation was created by God, all the way back to the invisible things we don't, we don't even understand, right? Unless you're... Uh, one of the chemists in our congregation that, that could like break all that down. But, but for me, I don't get it, but I know God created it. And that's awesome that God created everything, everything. Uh, we, we even ha- have this limited conception that, that maybe, maybe, maybe if it's only things that we could see. Uh, God created all those things that we could see, but by the time we get to the things that are invisible, uh, the things that are unseen, then we restrict them and say, well, maybe God didn't create those. And we subconsciously do that. We don't consciously do that, but we subconsciously restrict God to the things that are seen and the things that are known and the things that are understood, the things that we can comprehend. But that's a failure on our part because God is so much bigger than that. God's creative order is bigger than that. You see, God also created things unseen. In fact, at the very beginning, he said, uh, God, in the beginning, God created what? The heavens and the earth. Heavens. The heavens, uh, the, the, the heavenly realm beyond, beyond. Right? Those things that are totally unseen. There is nothing that can be conceived of or that can be understood or, or that is inconceivable or, or beyond our understanding that God did not create. God created everything. Colossians says it this way. Colossians chapter 1, verse 16 says it this way. Uh, Through him all things were made. Without him nothing has been made. No, that's not, that's not it. Hold on. Can we go to the Colossians text? Oh, there we go. Sorry. I had the Genesis text back there, so I just reread Genesis 3 for you because I, the Holy Spirit really thought you needed that. So, or, or technology and my fault. So, for, for in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. Visible and invisible. Every single thing God created. So understanding God as creator is essential to our work, to our ministry, to our very lives. 
And maybe I need to take it one step back and move it one step forward into your lives. God created you. God created each and every one of you. God created me. God created all of us. And some of you might be saying, Pastor Jason, uh, I think uh, your dad failed in teaching you the birds and the bees. Uh, you know, he didn't sit you down and under, help you understand how all of that worked. And I would say, no, I understand how all that worked. God created all of it. God put all of that together so that you and I, we, us, could all be created. And, and we are a beautiful creation, uh, special in, in, amongst all things, in that we are a creation that is creative. We are a creation that is creative. And we could, we could make a mistake here. We could make a mistake in thinking that because we can create, because we do create, that when we create, we are becoming God. That, that, that's, a, that's a failure on our part, and it is a common failure of humankind in this day and age. Because the more we create, the more likely we are to hold ourselves up as an idol alternative to God and say that we have become God and we don't need God because we have created. But, but what we don't understand is that God is the one that gave us creativity. We have a creator God that endowed in each of us creativity. And there are some differences in the way that God creates and the way that we create. And we need to be honest about them and we can understand them through the beginning of Scripture. And the first thing that we can understand is that creating is tough, right? Uh, I want you to think about something in your life that you've created. It was hard. It wasn't easy. Uh, I think about my Aunt Jan uh, who, who uh, knitted and uh, taught people how to knit. And she knitted all of our Christmas presents every year. And there was a, a time period in my teenage years where I loathed that because I thought that was really pathetic that all of my Christmas gifts were knitted. Uh, but when I was really young and when I was older, I really appreciated it because I understood what it meant that my aunt created something for me. And then I realized how tough it was. Have you ever knitted something? It's awful. It's so hard. Uh, I, I attempted. I've never actually succeeded at knitting something. I've only attempted to knit something. But, but most of the people that knit something, they actually knit things that other are te others are teaching them how to knit. Can you imagine if you didn't have a pattern telling you what to do when, but, but you only just out of your mind's eye, out of, out of the vision that God has given you, you created some knitted something, and it just happened. For us, creating is hard. It's very hard. Whether you're starting a business or you're building something or, 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 you're the, or, or you're a part of an organization that's developing something, when you create, it is tough. And then we see what it's like for God, right? We mentioned it just a second ago. It's hard for us, for God, creating is speaking. God speaks and it is so cheat code, right? This is so awesome. Why couldn't it be like that for us? In 2011 June, whenever God gave me a vision to plant this church in the community, if I would have said, and covenants created, boom, uh, that would have been awesome. Uh, except for that's not how it works. 
It doesn't work that way for us, but for God, that's how it works. He speaks, and it is so. I, I think that this is, this is kind of like that, the Iron Man cheat code, right? You know, Iron Man has Jarvis and the computer and the everything, right? And he says, hey, uh, turn it this way and make it do this and, and run this. And, and then, like, after you get it, build it, right? And the machine does it all, and he doesn't do anything except for conceive of it. So, so th- th- this is, by the way, why we have these idolatry issues by if we create it, then we make ourselves a god because uh, we watch Iron Man, and that's how that happens. But Iron Man has that same sort of cheat code ability to say it, and it becomes, it is created. So that's one difference. One difference between us and God and our creativity and God's creator nature. The second thing would be this. The second thing is um, we start with stuff. Right when we create, um, back to Aunt Jan, she has knitting needles, she has what yarn, right? Yarn. Uh, she has different colors of yarn. She has all this stuff, right, to create with. There, there, there is there's stuff that builds the things, right? For God, what does God start with? Do you remember in Genesis what it said? We read it together. What did God start with? A void. What does void mean? Emptiness, right? There, 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 there is exact emptiness that God starts with. And out of nothingness, out of emptiness, out of void, God creates. How crazy is that? Like we create out of stuff. God creates out of nothingness. And so whenever we create, if we're going to really withdraw ourselves out of that temptation to be an idol or make ourselves into an idol, then we probably need to start there and look back and say, hey, I'm creating because God made me creative, but let's think about, let's think about all of the gifts that God's given me to, to, to use in my creative activity. God didn't leave me empty-handed. God said, I'm going to make you creative, and then I'm going to give you things to create with. But that was God's doing, not our own. Because we start with something. God started with void. And last in the differences to draw, I want us to be sure that we're clear that, that, that God, uh, God never failed in creation. And we, even though we are creative, there are things that we create that end up in the trash can. I mean, have you ever, like, gone through that creative process, right? Uh, and lots of times it's like brainstorming or, or it's like whiteboarding or, or, or you're just taking, the, taking it down on sheets of paper and then you're laying them out and then you're taking all of those different elements and you're considering them and as you're creating, you fail, you fall short. How many times do you run the trial before the trial is successful? All of those are failures on our parts because even in our creation we fall short but God as creator never fell short in six days God created God created God created God created and each and every day at the end of that day when God was done creating he looked upon his creation and he said it is good it is good it is good And then at the end of the sixth day, after God created you and God created me, after God created humankind, God said, it is very good. This is an important concept for us to grasp, that God created 
everything good. God never failed in his creation. Now, some of you are thinking to yourselves, I, I know some creations that, uh, that, that, that God did that seem to be failures. Uh, I know snakes. I know spiders. I know nasty things. God said, good. That's your judgment, not God's. Uh, some of you are thinking, I know Draymond Green, and, uh, and, and, and I do too, and he is horrible, horrible. He kicks people in the places they don't need to be kicked, and he gouges people's eyes out, and he should be fined and suspended and kicked out of the league because of his horrible evil, uh, and the atrocities need to be uh, reprimanded. And, uh, <laughs> and yet... I see Draymond Green, and I see bad. At times, I see evil. And yet, God, God sees Draymond Green, and God sees good, very good. And that pains me. But I understand I'm not God, and God gets to choose that. So God, God created everything good, even those that we would judge as not good. And so, so removed from the Draymond Green uh, statement, because that was like half-ish joking, but, but I want you to hear this. Anything that is not good, anything that is broken, anything that is evil, is not God failing in creation. It is a perversion or a distortion of God's good creation. Each and every one of you, each and every one of us, are created by God as good creations. There is nothing that God created that he failed in. And that's essential for us to understand, brothers and sisters. I think that's because this this creation, uh, us, and the creativity that we get to participate in, uh, I, 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 would, I would say is at least in part, at least in part, uh, because of the image of God. Uh, did you see that in verse 26 and verse 27? Uh, it says four different times that, that there was something created in us that was unique in all of creation, that made us not just good, but very good. And, and in verse 26, it says uh, that, that God created us uh, mankind in, in our image, in our likeness, and in verse 27, so God created mankind in his own image, and in the image of God, he created them. And so I would want to put before you that God put your creativity in your life as a component of God's very image, God's very likeness, God's very person in you. So every time you create, every time you imagine, every time you dream, every time you invent, every time you build, every time you develop, every time you are about the work of creation, you are tapping into that God-given image that resides in you. It is a holy activity, and it's unique among other things because it allows us to show the world God's very person in our lives. God is creator, but he has made you creative 
so that you would know him more and more through the work of creation that we continue to participate in. Let me give you an example of that, and then I'll close. I think there's a reason why uh, uh, that moment after you meet your child, after they've been born, is so powerful. Uh, for those of you that have had kids, you know what I'm talking about. Like that moment whenever like, you realize that like, you got to be a part of creating a human. You, you know what I'm saying? And, and, and there, a baby boy or a baby girl was born, came into the world, screaming, crying, or quiet, and in that sacred space, your heart is made tender and soft because you have been able to participate in something absolutely holy. That's what I'm talking about. That's God's image in us. That's God as creator creating a creative people. Do it all the more because as we create, God shows up and moves in our midst. Would you pray with me? Gracious God, we do come before you thankful for the gift of creativity and what it means for us and how we get to, uh, to grow in our connection with you through uh, our creativity. Lord, we ask your presence with us as we, uh, as we continue in worship. Lord, as we gather around this holy table, as we, uh, as we feast at your heavenly banquet and, uh, and we see the, the way you created access uh, to, to, uh, to, to your heavenly realm through the grace we receive in communion. Lord, we thank you that we can continue to create. Uh, Lord, we ask that as we enter into this time of worship that is a time of offering, as we uh, offer a portion of what you have blessed us with back to the kingdom-building work of your church, Lord, we thank you for that, and we ask that you would uh, make yourself known in this space and this time, that all that is done uh, in this time would be uh, to your glory, honor, and praise. Lord, we ask that you would bless both the gift and the giver alike. We pray it in Jesus' name.